day four the sixth story of the decameron this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eugene Smith. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio. Translated by J. M. Rigg. Day 4. The Sixth Story. Andreula loves Gabriotto. She tells him a dream that she has had. He tells her a dream of his own and dies suddenly in her arms while she and her maya are carrying his corpse to his house they are taken by the signory she tells how the matter stands is threatened with violence by the podesta but will not brook it her father hears how she is bested and her innocence being established causes her to be set at large but she being minded to tarry no longer in the world becomes a nun glad indeed were the ladies to have heard philomena's story for that often though they had heard the song sung they had never yet for all their inquiries been able to learn the occasion upon which it was made where it was ended pamphilo received the king's command to follow suit and thus spoke by the dream told in the foregoing story i am prompted to relate one in which two dreams are told dreams of that which was to come as lizabetta's was of that which had been and which were both fulfilled almost as soon as they were told by those that had dreamed them wherefore loving ladies you must know that tis the common experience of mankind to have diverse visions during sleep and albeit the sleeper while he sleeps deems all alike most true but being awake judges some of them to be true others to be probable and others again to be quite devoid of truth yet not a few are found to have come to pass for which cause many are as sure of every dream as of aught that they see in their waking hours and so as their dreams engender in them fear or hope or sorrowful or joyous and on the other hand there are those that credit no dream until they see themselves fallen into the very peril whereof they were forewarned of whom I approve neither sort, for in sooth neither are all dreams true, nor all alike false. That they are not all true, there is none of us, but may many a time have proved, and that they are not all alike false, has already been shown in Philomena's story, and shall also, as I said before, be shown in mine. Wherefore, I deem that in a virtuous course of life and conduct, there is no need to fear aught by reason of any dream that is contrary thereto, or on that account to give up any just design. And as for crooked and sinister enterprises, however dreams may seem to favor them, and flatter the hopes of the dreamer with auspicious omens, none should trust them. Rather, should all give full credence to such as run counter thereto. But come we to the story in the city of Brescia, there lived of yore a gentleman named messer negro da ponte carraro who with other children had a very fair daughter andriola by name who being unmarried chanced to fall in love with a neighbour one gabriotto 
a man of low degree but goodly of person and debonair and endowed with all admirable qualities and aided and abetted by the housemaid the girl not only brought it to pass that gabriotto knew that he was beloved of her but that many a time to their mutual delight he came to see her in a fair garden belonging to her father and that naught but death might avail to sever them from this their gladsome love they became privily man and wife and while thus they continued their clandestine intercourse it happened that one night while the girl slept she saw herself in a dream in her garden with gabriotto who to the exceeding great delight of both held her in his arms and while thus they lay she saw issue from his body somewhat dark and frightful a shape whereof she might not discern which as she thought laid hold of gabriotto and in her despite with prodigious force reft him from her embrace and bore him with it underground so that both were lost to her sight for evermore whereby stricken with sore and inexpressible grief she awoke and albeit she was overjoyed to find that twas not as she had dreamed yet a haunting dread of what she had seen in her vision entered her soul wherefore gabriotto being minded to visit her on the ensuing night she did her best endeavour to dissuade him from coming but seeing that he was bent upon it lest he should suspect somewhat she received him in her garden where having culled roses many white and red for twas summer she sat herself down with him at the base of a most fair and lucent fountain there long and joyously they dallied and then gabriotto asked her wherefore she had that day forbade his coming whereupon the lady told him her dream of the night before and the doubt and fear which it had engendered in her mind whereat gabriotto laughed and said that twas the height of folly to put any faith in dreams or that they were occasioned by too much or too little food and were daily seen to be one and all things of naught adding were i minded to give heed to dreams i should not be here now for i too had a dream last night which was on this wise methought i was in a fair and pleasant wood and there a hunting caught a she-goat as beautiful and lovable as any that ever was seen and as it seemed to me whiter than snow which in a little while grew so tame and friendly that she never stirred from my side all the same so jealous was i lest she should leave me that meseemed i had set a collar of gold around her neck and held her by a golden chain and presently meseemed that while the she-goat lay at rest with her head in my lap there came forth i know not whence a greyhound bitch black as coal famished and most fearsome to look upon which made straight for me and for meseemed i offered no resistance set her muzzle to my breast on the left side and gnawed through to the heart which meseemed she tore out to carry away with her whereupon ensued so sore a pain that it break my sleep and as i awoke i laid my hand to my side to feel if aught were amiss there but finding nothing i laughed at myself that i had searched but what signifies it all visions of the like sort ay and far more appalling have i had plenty and naught whatever great or small 
has come of any of them. So let it pass, and think we how we may speed the time merrily. What she heard immensely enhanced the already great dread which her own dream had inspired in the girl. But, not to vex Gabriotto, she dissembled her terror as best she might. But though she made great cheer, embracing and kissing him, and receiving his embraces and kisses, yet she felt a doubt. She knew not why. And many a time, more than her wont, she would gaze upon his face, and ever and anon her glance would stray through the garden to see if any black creature were coming from any quarter. While thus they passed the time, of a sudden Gabriotto heaved a great sigh, and embracing her said, Alas, my soul, thy succor, for I die. And so saying, he fell down upon the grassy mead, whereupon the girl drew him to her, and laid him on her lap, and all but wept, and said, O oh, sweet my lord, what is it that ails thee? But Gabriotto was silent, and gasping sore for breath, and bathed in sweat, in no long time, departed this life. How grievous was the distress of the girl who loved him more than herself, you, my ladies, may well imagine. With many a tear she mourned him, and many times she vainly called him by his name. But when, having felt his body all over, and found it cold in every part, she could no longer doubt that he was dead, knowing not what to say or do, she went, tearful and woebegone, to call the maid to whom she had confided her love, and showed her the woeful calamity that had befallen her. Piteously a while they wept together over the dead face of Gabriotto, and then the girl said to the maid, Now that God has reft him from me, I have no mind to linger in this life. But before I slay myself, I would we might find apt means to preserve my honor and the secret of our love, and to bury the body from which the sweet soul has fled. My daughter, said the maid, speak not of slaying thyself, for so wouldst thou lose in the other world also him that thou hast lost here. Seeing that thou wouldst go to hell, whither, sure I am, his soul is not gone, for a good youth he was. Far better were it to put on a cheerful courage, and bethink thee to succour his soul with thy prayers or pious works, if perchance he have need thereof by reason of any sin that he may have committed. We can bury him readily enough in this garden, nor will any one ever know, for none knows that we ever came hither, and if thou wilt not have it so, we can bear him forth of the garden, and leave him there, and on the morrow he will be found, and carried home, and buried by his kinsfolk. The girl, heavy laden though she was with anguish, and still weeping, yet gave ear to the counsels of her maid, and rejecting the former alternative, made answer to the latter on this wise. Now God forbid that a youth so dear, whom I have so loved and made my husband, should with my consent be buried like a dog, or left out there in the street. He has had my tears, and so far as I may avail, he shall have the tears of his kinsfolk, and already want I what we must do. And forthwith she sent the maid for a piece of silken cloth, 
which she had in one of her boxes and when the maid returned with it they spread it on the ground and laid gabriotto's body thereon resting the head upon a pillow she then closed the eyes and mouth shedding the while many a tear woe for him a wreath of roses and strewed upon him all the roses that he and she had gathered which done she said to the maid tis but a short way hence to the door of his house so thither we will bear him thou and i thus as we might have dight him and will lay him at the door day will soon dawn and they will take him up and though twill be no consolation to them i in whose arms he died shall be glad of it so saying she burst once more into a torrent of tears and fell with her face upon the face of the dead and so long time she wept then yielding at last to the urgency of her maid for day was drawing nigh she arose drew from her finger the ring with which she had been wedded to gabriotto and set it on his finger saying with tears dear my lord if thy soul be witness of my tears or if when the spirit is fled aught of intelligence or sense shall lurk in the body graciously receive the last gift of her whom in life thou didst so dearly love which said she swooned and fell upon the corpse but coming after a while to herself she arose and then she and her maid took the cloth whereon the body lay and so burying it quitted the garden and bent their steps towards the dead man's house as thus they went it chanced that certain of the podesta's guard that for some reason or other were abroad at that hour met them and arrested them with the corpse andriola to whom death was more welcome than life no sooner knew them for the officers of the signory and she frankly said i know you who you are and that flight would avail me nothing i am ready to come with you before the signory and to tell all there is to tell but let none of you presume to touch me so long as i obey you or to take away aught that is on this body if he would not that i accuse him and so none venturing to lay hand upon either her person or the corpse she entered the palace as soon as the podesta was apprised of the affair he arose had her brought into his room and there made himself conversant with the circumstances and certain physicians being charged to inquire whether the good man had met his death by poison or otherwise all with one accord averred that twas not by poison but that he was choked by the bursting of an imposthume near the heart which when the podesta heard perceiving that the girl's guilt could be but slight he sought to make a pretence of giving what it was not lawful for him to sell her and told her that he would set her at liberty so she were consenting to pleasure him but finding that he did but waste his words he cast aside all decency and would have used force whereupon andreola kindling with scorn waxed exceeding brave and defended herself with a virile energy and with high and contumelious words drove him from her when twas broad day 
the affair reached the ears of messer negro who half dead with grief hied him with not a few of his friends to the palace where having heard all that podesta had to say he required him peremptorily to give him back his daughter the podesta being minded rather to be his own accuser than that he should be accused by the girl of the violence that he had meditated towards her began by praising her and her constancy and in proof thereof went on to tell what he had done he ended by saying that marking her admirable firmness he had fallen mightily in love with her and so notwithstanding she had been wedded to a man of low degree he would if twere agreeable to her and to her father messer negro gladly make her his wife while they thus spoke andreola made her appearance and weeping threw herself at her father's feet saying my father i wot i need not tell you the story of my presumption and the calamity that has befallen me for sure i am that you have heard it and know it wherefore with all possible humility i crave your pardon of my fault to wit that without your knowledge i took for my husband him that pleased me best and this i crave not that my life may be spared but that i may die as your daughter and not as your enemy and so weeping she fell at his feet messer negro now an old man and naturally kindly and affectionate heard her not without tears and weeping raised her tenderly to her feet saying daughter mine i had much liefer had it that thou hadst had a husband that i deemed a match for thee and in that thou hadst taken one that pleased thee i too had been pleased but thy concealing thy choice from me is grievous to me by reason of my distrust of me and yet more so seeing that thou hast lost him before i have known him but as tis even so to his remains be paid the honour which while he lived for thy contentment i had gladly done him as my son-in-law then turning to his sons and kinsmen he bade them order gabriotto's obsequies with all pomp and honourable circumstance meanwhile the young man's kinsmen and kinswomen having heard the news had flocked thither bringing with them almost all the rest of the folk men and women alike that were in the city and so his body resting on andreola's cloth and covered with her roses was laid out in the middle of the courtyard and there was mourned not by her and his kinfolk alone but publicly by well-nigh all the women of the city and not a few men and shouldered by some of the noblest of the citizens as it had been the remains of no plebeian but of a noble was borne from the public yard to the tomb with exceeding great pomp some days afterwards as the podesta continued to urge his suit messer negro would have discussed the matter with his daughter but as she would hear none of it and he was minded in this matter to defer to her wishes she and her maid entered a religious house of great repute for sanctity where in just esteem they lived long time thereafter end of day four the sixth story